What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers, and I am joined this week by my good friend who I work with in IWN. He is the co-host of the Bury the Gimmick Podcast, and he also hosts the brand new Armstrong Avenue Podcast with referee Scott Armstrong that is tearing up the fucking charts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to welcome my buddy, big mike what's going on brother what's up dude what's going on man this is a pleasure man i've been waiting for this collab ever since we met and we were talking about podcasting i'm like one day we're gonna get together and do this and here we yeah. are yeah we're, we're here and uh for you if you guys haven't already heard i was on the past week's bury the gimmick episode we recorded it uh so so how we're recording these this is this is literally recorded right after we did bury the gimmick but this is coming out in a week so i've got fucking vacation i had to get some shit knocked out ahead of time but yeah so go check out the last week's episode of bury the gimmick it is titled the broken standard be easy to really find and it was fun and something i really liked about going on there with you and stats is uh is is you really you pulled the shooter out in you, I, I, I in no way, shape, or form meant to go on there and start firing any shots on anybody, but you pulled it out of me. And I wanted to get you to come on main event heat and do a little shooting over here. I'm a little unqualified, if I have to say so myself. You were but... talking a lot of shit on your show. <laughs> that, but, but I can, and that's that's what that's what Barry the gimmick is about. Um, you about, buried some fucking gimmicks, all right. I bury, I buried a, a big one. A really big one, and we're not going to give it away here on Main Event Heat. You guys are going to have to go check out Barry the Gimmick. You can find it every single place. Wherever you're listening to Main Event Heat right now, you can find Barry the Gimmick on that same site. And because yes, can. we can't give that away. We cannot give the That's... the big twist away. Like it, uh, Both me and Stats, whenever Mike decided to bury the person that he wanted to bury, we both, our jaws dropped. Like, what the fuck are you doing? This is career suicide. It might not be. You'll probably be okay. But it was still pretty big. Uh, it wasn't career suicide. I, I I don't think so. It's someone that we work closely with on a regular <laughs> basis. I'll go ahead and tell everybody that. <laughs> If you've ever so, seen a picture of me on social media dancing in the ring with somebody, I think that'll narrow the fuck down. Well, we gave honest. it away. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, let's go ahead and start doing some shooting. I told you, you, you had me come on your show, and we talked about some of the best wrestlers in the Southeast, which led us to talk about, for whatever reason, a lot of shit we didn't want to talk about, a lot of stuff we don't care for. So I was like, okay, so we've, we've probably got some pretty big unpopular pen opinions between the two of us. So that's what I wanted to talk about this week on Main Event Heat. What are some of our biggest unpopular opinions, the shit that the masses just do not agree with? Mike, you are my guest. Would you like to take the floor first? I've got a pretty, like, like okay, so mine is... When you when you said it, I was like, all right, I already know what I'm gonna shoot on. Like immediately, I was like, this is gonna be it, and I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this because this was the reason I got back into wrestling. I mean, 100. Holy shit! If you say the same, I I want you. I want this to be something I have written down in front of me, and also one of the reasons I got back into wrestling. Please say what you're gonna say. Um. So, unpopular opinion. The CM Punk return to wrestling has been super fucking overrated. Like it, yes, it, 
it, it was incredible in the moment, but it has been so overrated that it, it, I just I can't get into it, man. I, Can you see it? Can you see it right there in the middle? It fo- uh, focus. Yeah, CM, CM Punk, Punk is, overrated is overrated as, as fuck. fuck. Yep. <laughs> That's, man, I did an episode. Uh, this was shortly after. I need my camera to get back in focus now. But this yeah, was yeah. shortly after. Come on, camera. You can do it. It'll be all right. You can figure it out. Let's let me do that. There we go. All right. So anyway, it'll figure it out eventually. So this was shortly after I started main event heat was whenever all the talks were happening that, Oh, you know, they've got the the show in Chicago coming up is punk going to come in, whatever. And I was immediately like, no, no, he's not. It's absolutely not going to happen. And Oh, there goes the, the focus. That was, that took a long ass time. That thanks. Sexy, thanks. Sweet, new sexy camera. Rob. He's back. I'm, gl- I'm glad I got <laughs> half off on this thing or that would have pissed me off anyway. <laughs> but I did an episode like, this is like my third or fourth episode. And I was like, guys, he's not coming back. He's not coming back at all. And then he shows up. And I don't, I didn't see it live. I was at an Alanis Morissette concert and I would have picked that concert over a CM Punk return any day of the week. It was amazing. She played every single bit of Jagged Little Pill. It was awesome. And I get home to uh, my phone's blowing up with all these messages and then I watch it and like, yeah, it was cool. The crowd went nuts, but yeah, you're a hundred percent right, dude. It ain't been shit. He is, I'm going to get heat for this too. This this is probably another one, one. He is in the ring a shell of himself, dude. Yeah, like, dude. He, he gets he is botched more. And it's it's sad, bro. Like it has been the saddest thing to watch him try. And I'm like, dude, I get there's there's some fanboys who are like, oh, you know, he he's not botching it. He, you know, he's just tired. Like, well, even then, like whenever he had that return match with Darby. His first match back in seven years or whatever, brother was gassed like a yes, minute into the match. Bro. Now look, I here's the one argument you can give me: he is in his forties. Okay, Sting well, Rick- is like sixty three and jumped off the fucking tunnel the other day. Dude, like Ric Flair was in his like fifties when he was still in his prime. Okay, <laughs> and Rick was not trying to do shit that he couldn't do. That's the difference. Dude. You got Punk tried that buckshot lariat twice. Oh my god, that's that's the that's the one thing that sticks in my mind, dude, is when he tried it twice and he still the knees buckling is like in repeat in my mind as we talk right now. <laughs> I would argue and just to double down on what you said, I would argue he was never as great as people thought he was to begin with. Now, now I will say this. I know very little about his ROH run. I know just enough. I know just enough about his ROH run that it popped me whenever he came out to the AFI song, whenever he had the dog collar match with, with MJF. Now I will also say this in his defense, the dog collar match was good. He was also forcefully confined to do certain shit. (laughs) He wasn't, he wasn't able to do shit that he can't do. That was a good match. And I do think he can talk great. He can cut amazing promos. That is what made him stand out in the WWE. Not that he was an amazing worker. That's what made him stand out. He was a great talker in a fucking ring full of not good talkers. There are so many people in AEW that can hang with him that it just, it kills it for me. And it's, it's why couldn't we just let him be? He ruined everything for me as a fan when he went to the UFC because yeah, he yeah. proved that like he should have just Brock Lesnar didn't go straight to the UFC. 
I think people forget that shit. And even then, Brock probably could have because he's a fucking freak athlete. He's not built like any human being. He's built like a fucking silverback gorilla. Punk goes straight to the UFC and they fucking go find an amateur to fight him. Like they fucking find this kid with like a one and O record and he works them in like what? Two minutes. That's embarrassing. This dude trained with like the greatest kickboxing coach for like two fucking years and still got embarrassed twice. That ruined everything for me. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't, it wasn't that punk, was my was my guy when he came back that got me into wrestling it was just it was like dude there's some buzz around wrestling again yeah like it's wrestling's picking back up and and, and i was like maybe i should watch it and then i started watching AEW, and i couldn't okay let, let, let's backtrack i started watching AEW for jr <laughs> i'm gonna be honest with you i was like i just want to hear jr talk again and that that just kills me too because he's he's not what what he used to be either. yeah yeah he's so, definitely not what he used to be for sure so to be honest with you it, all the mainstream product in my opinion sucks like yeah. aw is just aw has potential to be great but they need a system to train wrestlers to wrestle they need a pc <laughs> i will I, I my hope is that ring of honor kind of becomes that yeah 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 because they've got too many people and I'm going to be really specific with this. Jade Cargill should not be where she is because she's so green in the ring and it's so obvious. But it's not just her. There's so many other people who don't know what they're doing, and it's 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 a shame. I put Jade on. I have my, my top 10 wrestlers to watch in 2022. I put Jade on that list because I was really expecting her to improve faster for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that like, she's probably, I think she's had a couple of matches that have been okay. But the thing is, what's really weird is like when she gets put with people that she probably trained with, like when she wrestled Anna J, who the two of them have probably been in the ring a lot because they both came up around the same time. They both are, uh, I believe, both products of the Nightmare Factory. And they seemingly had no fucking chemistry in the ring, which is weird. Like they probably have tied up more than her with anybody else. Yeah. But it, yeah, no chemistry. I, I if I redid that list right now, I probably wouldn't have been as high on her as I was then because like you can't. She's got a great look. She's got. She oh, looks yeah. like a goddess for Christ's yeah, sake. She's she, she carries her. Yeah, she carries herself like she runs the joint. That's yeah. those two things are very important to have, and she has that shit in spades. She's still green as goose shit. Um, and I just, I guess I expected with all the people that are around her, she probably would have developed a little bit better by now. And her talking is awful. Like, yeah, I'm glad they put Stokely with her because he is fantastic on the stick, but she, she still talks every once in a while and it's not good. Yeah. She just didn't, she just needs to get the Goldberg treatment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, see, and I, I hate the Goldberg treatment. Let's go ahead and that's that's let's add that as an honorable mention, unpopular opinion of mine. The, uh, Unde- the unstoppable, undefeated, undefeated streaks in general, they're yeah. horseshit because they're they never end well. Because even with like Oscar, Oscar goes through NXT and just fucking blows through everybody for two years. They have to strip the belt off of her because can't nobody beat her. They put her on the main event. Or, or they put her in fucking Raw, wherever they put her. She has that match against Charlotte at Mania. She loses. Never been anywhere near those heights ever since then. 
Yeah, it, yeah. That that's that's another shame. So speaking of Charlotte, another unpopular uh, wrestling opinion. Um, she's goose shit. Am I? <laughs> I think I think there's probably people that would agree with you. I I put her not even on the top ten list of re- female wrestlers in the world, and it's not close in my opinion. I don't I don't know if it's. I think she's where she's at because of who she is, and she's got the look. But I think there's so many more females in the Fed that deserve that spot over her and Ronda Rousey. And Ronda, I will. You'll never get an argument out of me about Ronda. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I agree. I just it, in my I, I don't Charlotte doesn't do it for me it, in the ring on on the on the mic. She just doesn't. She hasn't. Even when she was in NXT, I wasn't high on her. <clears throat> oh, I, she wasn't great in NXT whatsoever. I, Far Cry. I, I just. I, there's something I don't know what it is, but I when she gets on my TV screen, I'm just like, oh, this is an ultimate cringe moment for me, and I would rather I would rather watch you know the divas of 2003 wrestle. Uh, I don't know, a couple of them I, were all right. I would rather watch the 10 man tag team match from WrestleMania 26, where Vicky Guerrero got the win from the frog splash off the top rope. All right. Okay. Now that might be going a little too far. That was a little too far. That was a little so too far. here's the thing. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's my thing about Charlotte. I will not go as far as you as to say that she's not good. I think she is really good. She, like Jade, has the look and has the presence, which, like I mentioned with Jade, are two very, very important things. She can work. She can work very well. She has had good matches. I think at this point, She's such a constant, you know, and and that's a problem with the Fed. That's not so much a problem with her is that they have these these people that they constantly. All right. Worst case scenario, just go back to Charlotte. It's constantly that. And and, uh, yes, her dad is the reason she got to the point that she got to or that she got her foot in the door. But if she wasn't good, she wouldn't have stayed. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I think that's just my opinion. There's probably some people. No, of course it. That's the whole point of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. She has had some good matches. I will give her that. But there's just, I don't know what it is. It's to me, I'm just like, no, nothing for me. Well, compared to like who she came up with, like, yeah, like, I think like of like the four horsewomen, she is, I would say, as far as I'm concerned, the the worst one of the four. She's yeah. still better than a lot of people, but of those, like Bailey was like number one for me. Sasha was a uh, very yeah. close number two. Becky three, and then Charlotte four. But uh, but yeah, like because like Sasha and Bailey, their feud in NXT was yes. amazing. And Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte never really had a great feud, did she? Like I think I think all those other women, I can point at feuds that were really good. Yeah. Charlotte never really had one. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Bailey was my number one. Um, and then it was a close two with Becky and Sasha, and then Charlotte was like number six. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just vacant is in front of her, and then interim is behind vacant. And then, <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here trying to think of the other females that were Alexa Bliss was coming up while they were still feuding, and I, w- I wasn't too high on her then. I thought she was really like uh, her, her, well, her NXT stuff was rough because she was another one green as fuck. Yes, yes, she was good as a valet. For oh, yeah. for Murphy and Blake, 
but um but yeah once she got to the fed she figured it out though for sure once once she got up dude and she's yeah i would she figured it out um what about you give me some unpopular takes i know you've got a lot of them Hey guys, let's take a quick second to talk about this week's sponsor, Fiverr. If you're looking to get any logo or any kind of artwork done, I cannot recommend Fiverr enough. I have personally used them multiple times. I have a t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees that has a design that I got off of Fiverr. The main event heat logo that you guys have been looking at this whole episode, I also got done on Fiverr. You can get anything there from professional artists going from $5, $10, $20, however much you want to spend, I guarantee you, you will find some amazing artwork on Fiverr. And it doesn't just stop there. If you guys need to get someone to do an intro for your podcast, if you're looking for somebody to make you some theme music, literally anything you could possibly think of, you can find it at Fiverr.com. Make sure to use the link in the description of this episode, and let's get back to it. Oh, brother, all, all fucking day long. So um, I 100% agree with you on CM Punk is overrated as fuck. That's right there, as I showed you written down. Here's one that, and, and I've talked about the CM Punk one on the show a little bit before. Here's another one I've talked about a very little bit on the show, and I'm scared every time I say it because I don't want people to hear the first sentence and then say, that's it, I'm not listening to Main Event Hate anymore. I want them to hear me out. <laughs> Jim Cornette is actually really smart. Agreed. Agreed. Jim is really smart and still has the capabilities of being a great mind in this business. He takes his shtick a little too fucking far. I think his fans are the biggest problem. Um, I think anybody that willingly, I was about to bury anybody that, that willingly calls themselves a member of a cult, but you've got your cult of controversy gimmick over there. So, Yes, um, we were actually deemed that because if you go back and listen to old school BTG stuff, we were very controversial in our wrestling takes of the current state of wrestling. Like, (laughs) tell me about it. (laughs) Like, it was it worse? (laughs) We buried everything. Our first episode was reviewing last year's SummerSlam, and we called it Snoo Slam. And then we just took it and kept going. What I think, and and you know what's what's funny is I, I think that like once I got into the business, and now obviously you've you you've been in for a few months now. Yep. You know, you're still you're still wet in your feet. I mean, I'm not a fucking veteran by any means, but I'm I'm in my sophomore year though. Once I got in, I was a lot more forgiving about things that like fan me absolutely was not forgiving for. And yep. I think you'll get to a point where you'll start noticing that. Like there's uh, just just with the shit that we've done in IWN um which by the way everybody that's listening go check out the IWN YouTube channel Independent Wrestling Network you can find episodes of Main Event Wrestling from Georgia we've got a couple of those up there right now and uh hopefully before too long here in the future we can share with you some plans about the future of that product because me and Mike have got some great ideas for it Yes. Well, something about a creative team, I think we were put in charge of. That, well, that was another thing. I, I'm not as high on that one as I was the other idea that I had, but uh, I'm more focused on the other idea as far as the, the television show goes. Oh, that's that is in writing, actually. We are actually working on that oh, right sure now. Then. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we got some good news to share with you guys soon then. Uh, good news to share with you guys soon. Hopefully, uh, nothing changes. But but yeah. Anyway, so I I can guarantee you right now some of the matches that you've seen in IWN like last year you would have fucking been like this sucks this is boring, 
but being there and 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 getting to see how the sausage is made it gives you a, an appreciation yeah. oh yeah sure. dude for sure for sure there's a lot of things that i see now that i didn't see when i was a fan watching wrestling yeah and, of course and now i'm gonna be honest with you i don't watch a lot of wrestling because i'm I tell my wife all the time because she'll I'll turn it on and she'll be like, well, "Are you even paying attention?" I'm be like, "Baby, I have absorbed so much wrestling in the last week mm-hmm. between helping booking, helping promoting, getting out. Also, I have to, you know, I'm on the Armstrong Avenue podcast. Let's plug that real quick. Um, I go back and I watch the Continental and in Smoky Mountain and and I'm researching topics for Scott and I to go over and I'm like, I have done nothing but watch wrestling. Yeah. And so, and, and even if I do, I'm gonna be honest with you. If I, if I do watch wrestling, I'm not watching today's stuff. I'm watching, uh, like literally today I was watching WrestleMania 27 right before my washing machine went out and I texted you and said, Hey dude, it'll be a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm the same way. I, I don't like, I will watch certain pay-per-views whenever yeah. they air. Um, I try to keep up with AEW's pay-per-views. I will catch a dynamite probably once a month or so um impact i i as much as i want to watch impact because like i've worked with probably at least a quarter of that roster so like i i and i'm friends with a few of them i would like to watch impact i just i just can't um it's it's a lot man it's a lot of fucking wrestling and that's why like i like we alluded to earlier if uh if we get to do the the idea which it sounds like we will that i came up with for our show for main event wrestling from Georgia. It is what I think the perfect wrestling show would be. And it is how I think people would prefer to intake their wrestling. So really excited about that. And hopefully after we get through this, this big show, July 23rd in Thomas and Georgia, the Upson County civic center, get your tickets now on Eventbrite If you haven't already, hopefully once we get past that, we'll, we'll have more news there, but so back to Cornette, back to Cornette. Um, I, I not even think I know. I know he wasn't trying to be racist when he said that thing that got him fired from NWA. (laughs) Are you, are you hip to the controversy there? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like involved in that much for anybody that, that hasn't heard about what got him fired from the NWA. I will, uh, I'm not going to say the exact sentence. I will paraphrase it because I don't want you motherfuckers thinking I came up with it. He said it first, but he made a comment where he was trying to put over how tough Trevor Murdoch was. And in the, in the analogy, he stated that Trevor Murdoch would be able to drive through a country such as Ethiopia on a moped with a bucket of chicken strapped to his back and nobody would fuck with him basically. That's how tough he is. And everybody heard that and they went straight to that was a racist fucking thing you said. That's a country in Africa, a bucket of chicken, this, that, and the other. I knew when he said it, he was making a, a joke because everybody in Ethiopia doesn't have food. It's, it's, it's now, now see, it's still, it's still, uh, I that, get why people that, were upset. 
that's a thin line between it's a very fucking thin line. And if he would have, <laughs> and the thing is like, and, and I listened to his, his, his apology on the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I don't listen to his show, but I will catch, he's got some YouTube clips every once in a while. Whoever does the art for those clips is, is a pretty damn good artist. I do. I do appreciate the work. So yeah. I, I'll go and catch some of those clips every once in a while. And, and, and the way he explained it was like, you know, I guess in hindsight, I could have said anything else. But in my mind, a bucket of chicken was just the funniest fucking food I could think of. And also, I think he said that same joke like back in the 80s. I think he said, like, I've literally said this before, but obviously, of course, back then it wouldn't have started up that kind of shit. Now, I like I I know he was making a famine joke. That's what he said. (laughs) He wasn't trying to make a racist joke, but I I, unlike him, 100 percent see how it was taken that way now. Do I think that he should have kept his job at NWA? No, because it wasn't the first time they've had to talk to him about some <laughs> shit he had done. Like some stuff had come up about, I think he was talking some shit about Jim Smallman, who used to be the owner or owner operator ring announcer for progress wrestling in UK said something about fucking hanging Jim Smallman in the parking lot or some stupid shit like that. But it, it, it uh, that started some shit too. And they had to, talk to him about that so he would have just started more shit so i think it's totally fine that they got rid of him but i i i was not as quick to jump on him as everybody else was and the reason nobody wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt is because everybody hates jim Cornette, and because he hates the things that they like even though and i've had this conversation with you before i pay attention to why he doesn't like the things that he doesn't like and even if it's stuff that i do like like i've said before i am a kenny omega fan He's not. Whenever you cut through the name call and you cut through the bullshit and you can find a clip somewhere, there's very few of them, but when you can find a clip somewhere where he actually explains the things that he doesn't like and he explains how Kenny telegraphs every move that he's going to do by pointing where he's going to go at all times and every single thing that he does, there's no reason an opponent should ever get hit by his offense because he's always telling them what he's going to do. And then the, I'll give it to him. The faces are goofy. I'll give it to him on that. With those things, even though I am a Kenny Omega fan, I get it. And I understand yeah. why he feels the way he feels you. But you do have to cut through a lot of bullshit to get there. But yeah, that's another opinion. I think Jim Cornette actually does have, have a lot to offer to wrestling. I think that he could still uh, accompany anybody could benefit from having him in a consultant type role. You just have to unfortunately cut through a lot of bullshit. Now, is it worth the hassle? Probably not. I will say that probably not at all worth the hassle. Yeah, I I love Jim Cornette's podcast. Um, I agree with him on a lot of things. I guess that's why I love it. I love the way he explains things and how animated he is. And yeah, I, I don't know. Jim Cornette's podcast is one of my favorites to listen to but it's when he actually explains stuff you gotta at least be able to admit to me that sometimes he just talks shit yeah it's about 70 percent of the time it's just him talking shit but it is an entertaining car ride (laughs) so yeah and i I think that's the thing a lot of people are very entertained by it i there are times where i definitely cringe out of my shoes and i'm like okay jim let's fucking dial it back a little bit but like i said like there there are some things that whenever they happen in wrestling, I do want to hear what he has to say. And it's not yeah. because I want to hear what shit he's going to talk, but I want to, I, I hope and pray that he actually will give a reason why X thing was good or bad. Because yeah. when he does, he makes a lot of sense. For sure. Yeah, he does. 
that he does. I, I agree. He All makes right, well, a lot of sense with me. You're up next. What do you? What else you got? You got any more well, controversial you, opinions? Uh, well, you. I told you I was just gonna shoot, 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 shoot you straight, man. And I didn't really plan. I, I had some stuff in my head, but you mentioned impact earlier and talking about impact, and it made me think about uh, so TNA, the prime TNA years, mm-hmm. like oh oh six through up to ten. Was it oh five to ten? Oh five to oh five to well, two thousand ten is when it got shit. Yeah, it was like 05 to 09 was like... Those, 09, 09 was a good fucking year. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, was better. Those years was better than any wrestling those years. <laughs> it, oh, it, for sure. And it's a damn shame. Like, I don't know if it's... I can't... It can't just be because they were on Spike TV. A lot of people had Spike TV. But like 2000... So like literally right before the Hogan-Bischoff shit yes. happened... Literally right before, I think it was the pay-per-view before or a couple of pay-per-views before, Kurt Angle had a fucking match against Desmond Wolf that yes. was amazing. Yes. Uh, just, 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 oh, nine, like, like whenever Taz first got with the company, there was a lot of really good shit in oh, nine. Yeah. And they had, in my opinion, one of the most talented rosters of, uh, out there, man. Of course. I mean, you had the best in the world, AJ Styles. Samoa Joe was a monster. Kurt Angle had incredible years when he was on perk perk sets there. Dude, like his TNA run is was so is, good. Is a thing of beauty. Like that 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 first big feud with Samoa Joe, where they yes. literally feuded over all of the gold. They had the 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 fucking Kurt Angle had the Impact to TNA World Championship. He also had the IWGP World Championship. Samoa Joe had the X Division Championship and both the Tag Team Championships for some fucking reason. And they, <laughs> they feuded over all of it. And it was now, now the there was a little bit of a fuck shit ending with that match and Karen Jarrett's interference and all that shit. But everything else about it was amazing. And like, yeah, just, yeah Kurt's, I, I sometimes think of Kurt as more of an Impact guy. Yeah, WWE guy. Yeah, I I remember his impact, his TNA run more than I remember his WWE run. Um, and I think about his TNA matches more. Um, and and another thing that I loved about TNA it was their tag team division. Um, that's when I became a fan of the Motor City Machine Guns and Beer Money and big Beer Money fan. Yes, I was yes. a fucking huge Beer Money fan. Yes. I, I say so was I. I was huge, but I will tell you, I was more of a, a of an American Wolves fan. Davy Richards was is still one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, and that was a little later. I think that was yeah, like it, it was 2014 something. Are you are you sure? I think so. It was later because I think they were. I'm gonna have to look, hold on. Because if so, then I'm wrong, and I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Well, they were great still, but even then, like I had talked about, whenever I, I uh, reviewed Slammiversary, whenever Davey Richards came out as a surprise fifth man for Team Impact, I was like, ah, that's a little fucking bit of a letdown. And I love Davey. I agree with you in that he is a phenomenal wrestler, just as good, if not better, today than he was then. But yeah, him coming out as as that fifth man was a little bit of a letdown. You are right. You are right, sir. Two thousand four. Yeah, little... Now they were one of the best things. Yeah. yeah. So, so I grew up being a huge fan of tag team wrestling and seeing them and all the other, you know, the Motor City Machine Guns, LAX, LAX, and Oof. yeah, yeah, you're right on that. LAX was sweet, dude. 
Oh, fucking but, amazing. But AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Suicide, all of them, man. TNA, I couldn't – my parents wouldn't let me watch wrestling growing up, so I couldn't watch it during the daytime. So I'd watch it late at night on Spike TV at like midnight, watch the old reruns of TNA. <laughs> Good shit. So that's how I got into wrestling, and I would watch WWE – at my grandparents' house because every pay-per-view, my Nana and Papa would rent it on pay-per-view and wouldn't tell my parents. And I'd go to the house, stay with them for the weekend, and we'd always order Papa John's pizza and watch every pay-per-view. So I have the fondest memories of my wrestling youth was eating Papa John's. There you go. Papa oh. John's, you want to sponsor the podcast, hit me up. And also, uh, Papa John's, if you want to sponsor Armstrong Avenue, we're looking for it. There you go. Fucking I, uh, I, one more time, let's plug Armstrong Avenue. Like, let's just let's we can get back to talking about uh, TNA in a second because I've definitely got a lot of fond memories myself. But for anybody that uh, is not aware and didn't listen to when we talked about it earlier, you have a podcast with Scott Armstrong, legendary referee and producer of the WWE, a, a wrestler before that, the son of Bullet Bob Armstrong, the brother of the Road Dog Jesse James, a member of the Armstrong Dynasty. Tell us a little bit about that show. So basically, um, Armstrong Avenue was a was a passion project I kind of brought to Scott. I've been a huge podcast, you know. I, podcasting is a, one of my big passions, dude. I love it, and I've always wanted to be a part of a big major podcast where I can get somebody's stories out there. But I was never going to be Conrad. Like I don't have that machine backing me. Yeah, and it just so happened that Scott met, you know, re reignited his relationship with Dwayne out in Dallas. Um, they, they used to wrestle together back in the day. And um, he was like, yeah, I'll come out and referee some IWN stuff. And then me and him got to talking. Next thing you know, I'm like, dude, we should do a podcast together. And he's like, well, I just did my brother's podcast. And I had a lot of fun. And people told me I should start one. So let's do it. So we, uh, we I had to order him a microphone and show him how to plug it into his iPad. And now it's just him telling stories, man. It's road stories uh, from his 40 years in the business, from being a wrestler with Continental to his brothers, Brad, Stevie, Brian, uh, his dad, Bullet Bob, to future episodes where we talk about him being, uh, you know, the chauffeur for the great Kali. And That's right. He was, wasn't he? He he drove he drove Kali around, man. And if you if you ever have the opportunity to meet Scott Armstrong or be in a locker room with Scott Armstrong, I do it. Go oh, be yeah. in that locker room and sit because he will just talk, dude. And when I tell you he is so nice and so knowledgeable, and he he helps me learn about the business just from the aspect of the creative and social media and marketing side of all of this wrestling business that I had no idea because he's been a part of that machine that is the fed for 20 years, man. Yeah. No, I, I, I second every bit of that. I, I love Scott. I like you have had the privilege of, of being in a locker room with him. One of my favorite things is, we had a uh, there was there was a, a week when we were doing main event wrestling from Georgia, and we had a little bit of the talent was missing. We were we were not able to put on a whole hell of a lot of matches, and we were kind of limited on who we had there at the venue. And Scott walked in when uh, me, you, and and the, and the other guys were were in the concessions area writing up the card. Scott walked in and explained to us how you make a wrestling card. 
And he yeah. sat there for at least a half an hour just explaining how important this match is. This is where this match needs to go. Yes. This guy needs to go with this guy. And then you have to let him up here. You got to sit him down there. And, and I love every bit of it. I learned more in that 30 minutes with Scott than I've probably learned the entire time I've been in the business. Yeah. And that's just how he is, man. He's so smart, but it's his it's his ability to use words and tell his stories that hook people. I've had so many yeah. people be like, dude, this guy's the way he tells stories is better than anybody else's show. And I have the opportunity to sit and be the guy who just goes, Yeah, dude. So next so uh you just said this. Let's uh well well, how did that happen? Man, I just guide him. Yeah. I take myself off the screen. He just sits there and talks, and we just roll for an hour. We keep it at an hour. If anybody doesn't know that, we try to keep it about an hour, hour and ten minutes because we shoot two episodes a day, and I know a lot of people do that, but we're not going to sit there for four and a half, five hours shooting no. the shit because it is brutal. Two hours is hard, man. And then I spend another two hours in post-production getting those episodes ready to launch. So, but yeah, dude, we have five episodes out on Spotify, Apple. Um, they're supposedly on Google. Um, we also have a YouTube channel where we put clips at. If um, once the IWN app does launch, we will have all of our video files on there, as well as some uh, match watch alongs and some things that you're not going to be able to see on YouTube or on uh, Spotify and Apple. It's going to be some exclusive things that are going to be directly for the IWN app. So, when that launches, please be sure to download it. And you can find oh, the yeah. Armstrong Avenue podcast with Big Mike and Scott Armstrong. You'll be able to find a lot more there too. Me and me and Mike, uh, we're, we're on the phone all the time talking yes. about potential stuff. You called me about something the other day that, uh, man, it, it's I, I've been thinking about it. If uh, if if that actually does wind up happening, that's going to be it's going to be interesting as hell to say the least. I, I got to tell you about that when we go off the air. You're you're okay. gonna, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. Um, so so yeah, yeah a, there's gonna be a, fun, a lot of a fun thing real quick just to uh the person that we spoke about this is something it, it reminded me because i you can probably tell in in our little chat here i just got my my hair touched up the the person that we spoke about on that phone call the person that does my hair did his hair 20 years ago oh wow yeah oh that's a shoot <laughs> and whenever i went there and I was, you know, she was asking what I do because because Zicky Dice is the guy that he gets his hair done for me. He's the one that sent me to her. And yeah. she was like, I, she's like, all oh, the wrestlers always find me. And then she told me that guy's, yeah, I used to do his hair back in the day. I was like, holy shit, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's fun. Um, yeah. So we're, you know, we're, we're pushing the limits of what I typically put out on a main event heat episode. So let's go ahead and let's, I, I've got one more that uh one more unpopular opinion i'd like to get out is there any others that you would like to get out first i've got one more um let's hear it i've got a couple guys who i think should be inducted into the wwe hall of fame um, i'm not gonna agree with one of them let's go um the first one is uh umaga oh is he not already he's not he's not in the wwe hall of fame oh, okay. he um, definitely go. I did i did a blog post uh before this year trying to push that and rikishi was pushing it um, I've been an Umaga fan for a long time. I, Jam Jamal and Rosie was one of my favorite. You know, they didn't Good get as much. Being a bigger guy, seeing bigger guys do the things that they did when I was a kid was it made me go, maybe I could do that. Yep. And then seeing him as Umaga go, dude, this guy can go, man. This is this guy was the best in ring worker at that size I've I'd ever seen. Believable. 
until I seen Jacob Fatu. And I was like, holy crap, this guy's the same way. But um, Umaga, he should be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Immediately. Number two, Tommy Dreamer. The fact that he's not because they they do yeah that because they do all I guess they do own all of the ECW shit yeah yes I'll agree with you yeah that that's that's it I mean he's a he's an ECW hardcore hall of or a hardcore hall of famer not ECW but a hardcore hall of famer but he should be a WWE hall of famer if you can make guys like the Rock and Roll Express who never stepped foot in the I mean how how many times isn't it. Bullet Bob Armstrong never stepped foot in the Fed, yeah. but Tommy Dreamer, you own ECW and he's not. Yeah, uh, I mean, come on, dude. My last one. He currently not- works for the. He currently works for the competition. Yeah, yeah, he does. But still. Have, before you give me your last one, have, is this show coming up is this going to be your first time working with Dreamer? Yes, it's going to be my first time working with him. I'm excited okay. to because I've been a Tommy fan my whole life. Don't get too excited. Don't tell me he's going to be a douchebag, Timmy. So I'm not going to tell you he's going to be a douchebag. Um, I've worked with him twice. I was warned about him before I met him uh, from, a, from a, a person who will, rem- who will remain anonymous. Um, <laughs> he told me about him, and he was just like, dude, he's just the grumpiest fuck I've ever met in my life. And he does – he definitely looks like he's the grumpiest fuck I've ever met in my life for sure. He's, you know, look, well, I went up to him, shook his hand. He shook my hand and everything, but like, you're not going to get any kind of conversation out of him. He's not going to want to talk, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll do the pleasantries and that's about it. He just, he likes to keep to himself. Uh, I'm going to make him laugh. This is my uh, mission to I make fucking, Tommy dreamer laugh. Make sure I'm around when you do it. Cause I don't think it's possible. Oh, I'm, I'm going to make him laugh and I'm going to use a dildo to do it. <laughs> Another one, the same, the same weekend I worked with Josh Alexander, not like, uh, seems like a nice guy enough, I guess, but not, you know, he's not going to sit there and have a conversation with you. That's for sure. Josh really, <laughs> which look, I get it. Look, I'm, I can be an antisocial fuck myself, yeah, but yeah, I was also sure. told by a, a, a good friend of mine in the business, Alexander Koloff, that he was like, Rob, if you don't start, getting in this locker room and making sure you at least go say hi to everybody. They're going to start to assume you're a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. why I do it to this day. That, that's, you know, I, I just, I have that personality where I'm, I'm very outgoing and I'll talk and I'll fuck with anybody. And I've got to turn it up. Like to do something like this, even like I've got to crank the dial up to do it. I'm a very, I, I, a lot of people call me an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Like I, I can do the outward shit, but I much rather just sit in my nice little tight corner see, and not bother anybody. See, I'm, I guess I'm the opposite way. Like yeah. I would prefer to be by myself and real quiet, but for some reason to protect my own self, it's like, boom, I'm out there. Like I'm toning my own per. Like you can probably tell because you know me, I'm toning myself way down in this podcast. Yeah. I'm because up. I'm up because like a motherfucker right now. I'm like, I'll be honest with you. When I first met you, I was like, I think this guy might not like me. And then we started talking. A lot of people have said that to me. And then we started people. talking, and I'm like, no, no, we're we're dope to get like like we 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 kind of connect on the same level with a lot of things. Yeah, we got a good thing going. And and then you know, but my one thing that does rub me a, a wrong the wrong way, and I, I've been in the business a very short time, like you said, only February I yeah. got into the business. But there's a lot of divas, man, in this business, and a Holy lot of shit. Like, dude, I so people don't know. I build a lot of the graphics and the posters for a lot of the, a couple different companies now. But, dude, you can't imagine how many guys get pissy 
if they're not on a poster. And I'm like, okay, dude. And they'll never get any sympathy from me because I'm I call every match and I'm yeah. never on the fucking poster. I, Mac I told, gets his fucking face on the poster every once in a while. I don't. Mac shows up to do an interview here and there. Uh, Mac Mac will Mac will message me and be like, "Bro, I'm not sharing it if you don't put me next to Teddy." What a f- all right, all right, Mac. I love you, but fuck you for that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, Mac. Let me fix that. And it's because they're doing that little. Teddy Long road show, whatever the road fuck. after hours or something together. Mac, like, I love you and you're a good guy and I see the way you look at me, but fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. No, no. I so I just I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll fix it. But I'm gonna be honest with you, Mac. If you're listening, when I'm building these posters and I'm like, all right, let me put the guys on here that that, that people want to see. You don't come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> you don't come to mind, man. And, and it's nothing against you. It's just. I don't know, dude. And you love not me. every okay. So unpopular opinion: not every fucking wrestler on, on the card has to go on the poster. I, yeah. I've said it. Not every wrestler has to. If you're, if you're the twenty five dollar guy, you're not going. You on the know poster. who the fuck you are, too. <laughs> you know and exactly I, who I was thinking. I would say your fucking name right now if I was not as nice of a guy as I am. Because god <laughs> damn it, do you fucking deserve to be called out? If you if you're new to the business, don't don't buck the system. <laughs> Not what so fucking ever. If you've only had two or three matches, don't try to buck the finish of a match with a guy who has literally been trained in WWE, who's worked on AEW, who is you know don't don't do that. Don't. I wish I could have told you how many free shows I've done. You son of a bitch. I, I wish don't. I could tell you how many free shows I've done. A lot. <laughs> More than him. <laughs> That's for damn sure. That fucking mark. But anyway, no. you you have one more person that you so, want to go in there. So this is going to be unpopular, but if you just ignore all the other shit and you go off his wrestling career. This is the one I'm going to disagree with. He was the greatest in-ring technician of all time. If you ignore the fact that he murdered his wife and son, which I don't think. It was Kevin Sullivan did it, you motherfucker. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Taskmaster. <laughs> Kevin, I didn't say that shit. That was him. I don't believe it. I just upped my... I just I, See, I went up, man. See, I keep calling it down. Kev, <laughs> Chris Benoit, if you go off his wrestling career, he'll never get in. You but can't, if you solely. Though. You, you can't, can't just go off his wrestling. Career. You can't. I know. I know. That's that's what I'm saying. I I don't think, and I and I personally don't think he should, based on what he did. But if if you ignore it, then yes, he should. But you can't ignore it. It's, no, it's I can't watch a Benoit. Like I will. I've, I'm finally at a point. It took a long time. It took like a decade. But I'm finally at a point where I can watch a Benoit match. But the entire time, I'm thinking like. This dude killed his fucking family. You know how hard it because Chris Benoit was the first wrestler I ever clicked with as a kid and was like, this, Oh, I love this him. is my dude. And I when it happened, I was like, I, I fucking cried, bro. Like I was like, he didn't fucking die. Like, I no stopped, fucking I stopped way. watching. I had probably hadn't watched the show in two years at that point. And I made sure to watch the night that they did. They make, honored him. Yeah. yeah, they they closed the fucking venue and they just did a tribute to Chris. Yep. And then less than 24 hours later, that shit got real awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Vince was like, we're cutting him from everything. Bro, I, like I, I watched that episode of Raw and I, I'm same as you, dude. It fucked me up. I was like, oh, because you didn't know. All you knew was he was he dead died. and his family was dead. Yep. It's all you knew. 
and then you've got like fucking edges telling stories about like him and his son in the locker room and how much they loved each other and everything and it's like oh boy yeah we didn't know but if to his defense they did a study on his brain and he had the brain of like a 90 year old alzheimer's patient at the time he still did it (laughs) but he still murdered his wife and son in cold blood he still Um, fucking did it with exercise equipment um (laughs) in his own home in Fayetteville Georgia right down the road from where I live in fact I've rode by the house numerous times um I have a story to tell you that I will never say on any kind of recorded thing so the second I hit stop I will tell you a story that will chill your fucking bones because it did whenever it was told to me that happened that happened that weekend that this happened yeah and it involves a We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. So so that's, I mean, Umaga and Tommy Dreamer, to me, should be in. Um, and then the unpopular one would be Chris Benoit. But uh, – Yeah, he, does, he doesn't go in. He, he, he'll never go in. Oh, a weird thing about that. Did you know his son, David, yeah. wants to wrestle under the name Chris Benoit Jr.? Yeah, he's fucking nuts. Dude, that is that that's career. You want to talk about career suicide, He's bro? Outside of his mind, dude. His dad dude. committed real suicide so that his son can, can commit career suicide. When I saw that interview, he's just like, Yeah, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, I could totally be Crispin watching. I'm like, Bro, yeah, you, your dad killed your brother and yeah. your stepmom and then hung himself. And you want to go by the name Crispin Jr.? Yeah, it's uh. David seems like a good kid, but that's <laughs> not going to happen. Um, yeah. So let me let let's get out of here. I got one last uh, opinion that I just think everybody should hear, and it's something that you hear you heard it a lot whenever they would do the tough enough, and you hear it a lot anytime you see any kind of open cam footage of a training practice or some shit like that. And 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 thankfully, not every trainer says this stupid shit, but some of them do. And those of you that do need to stop saying this. It is the quote that. If you are in here and you don't want to be world champion, walk out of that door right now. That's horse shit. Not everybody's fucking world champion. And there's a lot of people that don't want to be world champion. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need to stop making people think in kayfabe or not. And I understand a lot of it is probably kayfabe. We need to stop making people think that you have to want to be world champion to want to be a wrestler. That is absolutely some of my best friends in this business are fucking fall down guys who have never won a match in their life. And they're the happiest they'll ever be. The, my, my favorite rib in the world is to tell Francisco Chiazzo that we're going to put the Lariato heavyweight title on him because he gets fucking mad at me every time I do it. <laughs> he wants nothing to do with the fucking main event. He wants nothing to do with the gold. But uh, yeah, just telling people you have to want to be champion is so toxic, dude. There are so many great wrestlers that do not need championships prime example of that would be uh santino marella a prime example i would say <laughs> the, dude, the dude is an amazing worker in the ring dude but he didn't yeah. care he he played that perfect gimmick of whatever they told him to do go out there and be in the women's battle royal in a dress and win it I can argue and, that shouldn't have happened. But, and it, but he fucking did, he did it. it. He did his thing. With 110%. If you go back and watch it, which I have done, he, he just wanders around in the corner, and nobody on commentary really makes notice of it. The only thing you hear is the king go, look at all the puppies. 
And then he's like, I don't know about that one. That's a dude. <laughs> like right towards the end. That shit did not age well. And <laughs> but like when I look, it's so so a little bit more of a serious example. I look at a guy like Eddie Kingston, who there's yeah. no reason we should ever put a world title on him. And that's not a slight to Eddie Kingston. It's that he's above it. Dude yeah. does not. He's, he is about the story. He is about the fight. He's about the feel. He does not need the, the fucking belt is just something that holds his pants up. He does not need. And, and I've talked a little bit about this before. I have aspirations to get in the ring. That is a big part of my weight loss right now. You know, I've, I've dropped. I finally just crossed the 30 pound mark this past weekend. I've sweating my ass off at IWN helped me get there. But, <laughs> you know, I, a part of it is I want to get in the ring and I already have an idea of the match that I want to have, who I want to have it with and how I want the match go. If I just have one match, I'm fine with that. I don't need any kind of fucking belt. This person that I want to wrestle doesn't need any kind of fucking belt. And me and him have had that conversation before that he absolutely doesn't need a belt. To, to, to tell people that you have to want to be world champion is ridiculous. Yeah. There we we you you just have to want it. You just have to want to work. You have to want to tell a story. You have to want to be compelling. The prop is just a fucking prop. I, I like it. Pro, uh, a, a better prime example of that would be uh, uh, Bray Wyatt. The dude never that's, that's a good win. One. The dude never needed to win the world heavyweight title or the WWE championship or the main title. He was just. You know who else? The Undertaker, dude. He had, he won it, but and all of his runs it. sucked. All of he his didn't because they it. didn't need to happen. Yeah, he had he had a, a Hall of Fame. The probably one go, goes down as one of the top five greatest of all time, and I think he won it four times, right? Three to or be four. honest with, you. Three I mean, or four. but he didn't need it. But you just knew nope. it was the streak. It was the it was the presence of the Undertaker, one that, of the greatest that, characters that ever exist. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. 100 percent agree yeah. but that's uh but that that's what i got dude i know i know you're way over your time limit <laughs> hey you know what this is going to be a good beefy episode for i know i got a good friend of mine that good uh beefy episode that, thick that, and that, beefy i got a good friend of mine that watches all these episodes an old friend of mine that i went to school with that complains whenever the episodes aren't long enough because he drives a lot for work and he needs something to pass the time with so steven here you go buddy you're gonna like this episode we're coming on close to an hour so it's not the longest episode of main event heat but it's really close i actually got a new ad today so that might push us pretty close but let's go ahead and go get out of here you got anything you want to plug real quick before we go mike if you guys like listening to this sorry sob right here Big Mike, you can find me at Barry the Gimmick. We are back. We took a little hiatus, but we're back. Barry the Gimmick podcast. And as always, the Armstrong Avenue podcast and the Independent Wrestling Network. Absolutely, Mike. Also, Thank you so July much. 23rd. Oh, yeah, that's right. Main event wrestling, birthday bash, Upson County Civic Center. You need to get your tickets and fly in. I, I said it, fly into this show. We've got WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long coming in. He will draw. I tell you, he <laughs> will draw. Scott oh, Steiner. Do you, do you? <laughs> Scott Steiner, big pop of pump. The, we, got, we got Buff Bagwell's coming, because I know you're not going to be able to finish this one without dying laughing. Buff Bagwell's coming. We've we've got uh, Tommy Dreamer is going to be there, as we alluded to earlier. The Road Dog Jesse James is going to be joining me at the commentary booth. Do you believe that shit? An and Big Mike, show. 
Big Mike, Big host Mike of Armstrong Avenue, will be there. Armstrong Avenue. Check it out everywhere you get your podcast. Armstrong Avenue is it's it's charting like crazy right now. Go yep. check it out. Give it a good five-star review on Apple. Don't give it a four-star. That's bullshit. Give them five all day. Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me, dude. This was a blast. We got to do it again. We absolutely will. Thank you guys so much for for listening. If you would like to support the show, the best way to do that is by picking up a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers. If you would like to send in any questions, feedback, or literally anything else, you can do so by sending an email to MainEventHeat at Yahoo.com. And once again, thanks for hanging out. (laughs) 